Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Emerging from a lengthy two-week hiatus with little more than a hangover from all the tech news we've been ingesting, it's time to regurgitate that news like a big mama bird into bite-sized audio chunks for you to swallow whole. <laughs> Joining me are three editors from Computer World, Macworld and Tech Advisor in Scott, David and Chris. Hello, lads. Hello. Hello. Let's get chatty. Scott, you completely blindsided me by changing your topic at the last moment. Thanks for that. So what is new? Yeah, I didn't want to talk about Spotify because it's quite boring. I mean, they're they're doing an IPO and they're launching a voice service and that's about it. So you are actually now talking about Spotify? Well, that's it. I'm just, I'm giving the people the news. (laughs) They're demanding the Spotify news. He's Uh, actually printed it out. Well, what I'm actually going to talk about is the most Silicon Valley story I've come across in a long time. Okay. So there's a startup um, in the Valley which is launching a service. Um, And the service is that you can upload your brain, so all of your memories, to the cloud. Um, Which sounds great, doesn't it? But there's a catch. in That's impossible. Well, there's that. Um, And then (laughs) it's also going to cost you 10 grand. Um, and you also have to die. <laughs> yeah. When you put it like that. I think that's a hard no. So the company is called Nectome. Um, ne- and it is legit. I mean, it's it's a pair of MIT AI researchers. And they've been trialing this on rabbits and pigs for the last two years. Successfully. What, what have they been thinking about? I don't know. Food? Carrots? <laughs> Other um, pigs? What and- happens to their iTunes libraries? <laughs> <laughs> so now um, they are looking to roll this out to humans and the sort of humans that would be interested in a service like this tend to be people that live in Silicon Valley. How does a pig get 10 grand? <laughs> it's probably paid for by somebody else, a rich benefactor. Probably people like Peter Thiel, right? It will be pe- people like audience. Peter Thiel. Which Did is... he get to keep the pig's blood after it was dead? <laughs> and in, what, and in, didn't he have like a blood? Anyway. Yeah, he likes young people's blood. Yeah, that's right. Young pig's blood. Blood? Anyway, this is going swimmingly. Uh, okay, uh, so it's a natural thing. Yeah, it's a natural thing. Sign up to. Yep. So they are going to be trying to launch this um, for humans. They said that it's not going to be viable until 2021, and that is if it is even legal. But they say it probably is legal in states where euthanasia and the right to die with dignity is legal, because they're going to try and fold it into that. So is it aimed at people who are dying already? Are they are they trying to fold euthanasia into it as a as a setting point? I'm guessing so. I'm guessing you don't want to sign off on being killed unless you're ready to die. 
such a strange conversation. So what's for the sake of saving your memories? Yeah, it's it's a real sort of techno utopian thing yeah. where people like the idea of being able to upload their consciousness into a computer and sort of live forever as a machine. Um, yeah. I think that's basically the theme of Altered what, Carbon, which is on Netflix at the moment. Right. Go on, Chris. Well, what happens to... You're not actually alive. No. You're dead. Yeah. Your memories are stored somewhere. Yeah. And then what do, does somebody else get to do anything with them? Is it, like, yeah. is it like iTunes? Can you like pay 99p for a memory? They haven't really gone into too much detail about <laughs> right. what living <laughs> because in the there's cloud no business is model. Like. There was an interesting tweet from Susan Fowler, the um, ex-Uber uh, uh, engineer who now works at Stripe. Oh, yeah. Um, she wrote a tweet saying, I know way too much about distributed computing systems to ever sign off on something like this because, as she put it, um, what will happen is where your memories are stored, those instances will go down and so then you'll spin up new instances and your memories will basically become very fragmented across a load of machines. Um, so your right. memories will kind of float around in the digital ether and be wildly fragmented, which sounds horrible, especially <laughs> if there's any sort of consciousness there because you're basically just going to be a bunch of separate memories all sitting on different computers. I think Chris is right though because even if there is a consciousness it won't be your consciousness it'll be a, a new consciousness created that's identical to yours in every way. Yeah. I, I it's just a very expensive cloud storage option <laughs> for which you can't human use memories. dead. Yeah. Um, and they'll probably delete it after 10 years. Probably. In small print. Yeah. They won't be able to read it anymore. It'll be in, a, in the wrong format. Um, yeah. Do you want to know how it actually works? Dot mem. Yep, I do. Dot mem. Um, <laughs> so what they do, and this is, it gets a bit gory, um, but what they actually do is they, um, and they've made up a term, obviously, for this, and it's called vitrifixed for your brain. What? How do you um, spell that? V-I-T-R-I-F-I-X-E-D. Okay, that's a literally made up right. word. What does it uh, do? Yeah, they've literally it just Sounds like up. a bottle of water. It does. <laughs> with electrolytes. Sweet Vitrifex. Um, so, kind of... How do they do it? So, they... Um, <laughs> Are you reading this for the first time? By <laughs> no, second They really haven't thought this through, have they? Do, they? do they just... They take you in a room and then they say it's done. But really, they just put you in a blender or something. <laughs> well, they... So, they inject a load... They remove the blood from your brain and inject a load of preser preserving chemicals. Which right. basically turns your brain into glass. That actually sounds really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, My brain now is glass. <laughs> so, and then, yeah, and they kind of upload all of your memories from there into a cloud um, storage. Yeah, but, yeah, but that, how? <laughs> yeah, is it? You, it's no. very sci-fi, isn't They've yadda, yadda, yadda the important bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's bollocks. What's the, how, does it, how does it work? I don't get it. That, that's how it works. <laughs> Are you their PR or something? Uh, no. What's I mean, the actual the process? How does it work? That's, that, that's literally... That's what they is, say. That's yeah, all the information. That's what they say. And they've, they've, that's, that's what they say. And they've also made up a funky word for it. So, right. you know, give so us your money. Do, do they need funding? Why is this in the news at the moment? So they've moved into Y Combinator, which is a um, famous Silicon Valley um, yep. startup accelerator. Dropbox and stuff have gone through there. Um, and they're, um, the founder of Y Combinator is Sam Altman the 32-year-old um, Stanford dropout who has invested in many of the biggest sort of tech companies. Um, and he has uh, signed up for this service. So he's on the wait list. Um, so when he's ready, he will 
take them up on the offer of being killed and uploading all of his memories into the cloud. Do you necessarily have to be killed? He's only 32, though, so I'm guessing he's not going to do it for a few years. Can you die first, or do this process actually have to kill you? So the process actually kills you. Ooh, I don't like that. Because it removes all the blood from your brain and replaces it with glass. But if you you had died three three hours before, they rush you in. Nope. Brilliant. It literally, the, the process literally kills you. And that's the only way to do it. This is not nice. No. <laughs> no. No. It doesn't sound nice. Um, but yeah, so the they... The thing they... is, though, this isn't actually the worst uh, pitch I've heard for a start. <laughs> is it not? It kills you, it doesn't work, and it's incredibly expensive. <laughs> it's but and we've heard worse. Yeah, and we've killed loads of rabbits and pigs trying it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's horrible, actually, isn't it? Yeah, that's the most worrying thing for me. Yeah. Glass brain dead pigs. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The glass thing, I keep coming back to that. that is, it's cool though. That's isn't metal. It? <laughs> that really is. It's definitely, I mean, it's definitely no, the it's glass. glass. What? Nice. <laughs> metal in the sense of, you know, that's metal. Like having, I don't like, know, like? fire inside your eyes or whatever. You know, that is metal. I thought I think... you were just getting confused about materials. <laughs> <laughs> I do that a lot, don't I? <laughs> glass. No, that's metal. <sighs> uh. I don't think I'm going to sign up for this. Are so you I'm, not in? I'm. I'm, I'm not You're out. Are we, are, we, are we at the question phase already? It's, it, it, it has to be vitrofixed or... Vitrofixed or vitrofix. Nice. Nice. Yeah? Good. It's no, but fix. hold, before we get to, before we get to the, clever, the clever questions, <laughs> the question for me is, this is an interesting concept if you can remove the bit about it not working and the bit about it killing you. <laughs> so if you get to the point where they could just... like, Is there any even potential for this same process if tweaked if you know improved iterated are they going to get to the point where it doesn't kill you where they can just lift the memories out and it's just like a backup well they, then... i mean what they've what they've created is a process of which you basically inject the brain with these chemicals which preserve the structure of the brain and can um basically take away <laughs> The memories you being and alive. Stuff <laughs> yeah, but but also you can't replace the chemicals in your brain while staying so alive. Really so I don't think they're fundamental to the process. Though. Yeah, I don't think the way that they are doing it will be able to be done on a living person. Absolute madness. I suppose this is like uh, another example though of um, techie nerds being influenced by sci-fi because yeah. this is quite like verging on that Black Mirror episode where. Her boy- boyfriend one. dies, so then she gets an android of him, and it's really weird. Yeah, it reminds me um, of the Christmas one where um, he kind of gets locked. He, oh, I don't know. He's uploaded his memories into, um, and then he's in that lodge with um, John Ham. Oh yeah, and then he gets trapped there. Um, yeah, it's quite like that. And also, I mean, it's, it's kind of a bit Blade Runner, isn't it? Like yeah. they talk about, oh, it's, inje- it's injected memories or whatever. Like, yeah, is this? I guess the key here is. I guess the key here is that. Um, they have to do it on a human before we know what the hell it looks like. Yeah. I think they should do it on themselves. <laughs> See if it works. Yeah, one of them should, they should sacrifice themselves to their cause. For their, for their science. Mean, if you could do it in a way that doesn't kill you, then it could be helpful. What's the disease where you basically dementia. just forget? Yeah, if yeah. people with dementia, Alzheimer's. it could be really helpful in that kind of sense. So there's a, there's a possible... Nice. And as a broader, yeah, and a broader concept of off, offloading what's in your brain into separate storage then would allow your brain to work quicker and it would allow you to have more knowledge. If, if yeah. we could have sort of a USB stick brain in you know, like, storage expansion, that sort of concept is, is yeah. a relevant one. But Yeah, yeah Altman, Sam Altman's kind of pithy line about it was just, I assume that my brain will be uploaded to the cloud at some point. 
So he sounds like a jerk. Yeah, I mean, he's a 32 year old billionaire who lives in Silicon Valley. So. I'm kind of happy with Google Photos. Yeah, I think that, <laughs> is that enough? That is basically my Google memories really in good. the cloud. So, it doesn't give so. you a glass brain. Though. No, no. no. Um, I'm all right with that. <laughs> but yeah, as you were saying, I mean, it does sound like it's it's kind of interesting research for Alzheimer's. But there yeah, is if they still could do that, something good like that. Then, there is still the massive yeah. problem that it kills you. Yeah, they might have to get over that. <laughs> well. I think we've spent enough time on yeah, we have. vitrification. Okay, so uh, maybe rather than asking a dumb rhyming question that I can't think of, um, do you think this will legitimately turn into a business or is this going to flop? It's going to flop. It's, it's, it's a great story and it's a headline, but it's... Is it just a PR stunt? It's not a stunt because these guys are actual researchers and they've actually... They've actually killed animals. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, they, but the idea of it actually being a viable business is absolutely ridiculous. And there you have it. That was the glass brain section. Uh, Coming up next, the glass phone section. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. If you don't want to die, uh, you might want to buy a new phone. Uh, <laughs> Absolute brilliant. Gold. <laughs> I've not got a lot to work with here. Um, yeah, so today, as we record, 16th of March, Chris, the best phone of the year so far is out. It's the Galaxy S9. You've used it. Yep. What's it like? Well, yeah, it is the best phone of the year so far, but that's not that hard. Except the iPhone <laughs> 10, obviously. That was doing come out. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it is better than the iPhone 10 in some ways. <laughs> that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Looking cool. So it looks quite like the S8. Yeah. So for the discerning listener, what are the differences? Yeah, this is really... It doesn't really deserve the, the new number. It's more... Uh, 
8.5 or whatever you want to call it because it's one of those ones where it's exactly the same design um it is like a little bit smaller and but yeah it's the same design they've moved the fingerprint scanner uh, to yep. where we wanted it on the S8. So it was next to the camera. So you had to reach across the camera and smudge it with your finger to get the fingerprint scanner. Now it's below the camera, so it looks a bit neater, easier to reach. Um, yep, and the bezels on the front are a tiny bit smaller. You you won't notice, like, unless you hold it side by side with an S8. Yeah, it's nice I'd to see like. Samsung steer well clear of um, what some Android manufacturers are. Yeah, seem to be doing and putting notches on their phones, um, aping the iPhone design. Yeah, basically, the, the, yeah, the S nine is either really great or it's really boring. Depends how you look at it. Like, they haven't gone down the route of just copying like the notch design, but if you've got an S eight, it's not really that different. So yeah, it's the thing. Like we we review phones, so like for us, um, the word boring crops up because it looks like the last one. Like like most iPhones have done until uh, last year. But actually, for the consumer, it's still like a ridiculously futuristic-looking design. Still got a headphone jack. Yeah, interesting that Samsung's done that. Good for them. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah it's good. <laughs> it's it's Courage. good. That it's understandable to take what was already a very like you know almost perfect phone. Yeah. And not really do that much to it, but at the same time, then you're going to struggle to get S8 users to upgrade. Yeah. Because it's it's seven hundred thirty nine pounds now, which is still a lot less than the iPhone ten, but it's still a lot of money. And really, the only improvements are the camera, which aren't isn't that much better. Um, well, it's, it's got a variable aperture, right? Yeah. This that's the most interesting thing about the camera. It's not Samsung's tagline is all the camera reimagined, but it's not. It's just made a bit better. But obviously, yeah. that doesn't sound very good <laughs> on a billboard. Um, the marketing person at Samsung has just such massive cojones yeah. to keep calling it reimagined when they've really just kept doing the yeah. same thing. Yeah. It's, it's the same phone, a little bit better. But yeah, it is really <laughs> that's a less good tagline. <laughs> <laughs> The the it's got it, they call it a dual aperture or whatever like um so it's it's a mechanical in part that yeah changes, if you right? don't know about photography aperture is just like how large your pupil is like in low light your pupil gets bigger to let more light in in uh, when you, when you go out in the sun your pupil gets smaller so that you can see properly yeah. basically why the, do your pupil get smaller when you take drugs um, uh, don't know because you're <laughs> Brains turning into glass. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sorry, I thought you so, might be clever enough. So That's the phone, right. the, the S9 and the S9 Plus is the first phone to do this. Normally, it would be a fixed aperture. So, And over the last couple of years, all they've been trying to do is get the lowest, the, the widest aperture possible. So that's actually a lower number. So the S7 and the S8 were 1.7. Yep. And I think Huawei just beat that with the Mate 10 Pro 1.6. Now the True. S9 goes down to 1.5, which is like it's basically even lower than a lot of DSLRs. So like if you it, just went and bought one from Curry's, it'd probably only go down to like 2.4 or something. And that's supposedly to just improve low-light photography. Well, it's to get... Yeah, so it'll, it'll automatically change between those two apertures based on the conditions. So um, if you walk into a really dark nightclub or whatever and want to take a selfie no not a selfie it's on the rear um <laughs> yeah, all the time. a photo <laughs> it'll open up the aperture to 1.5 right whereas if you then walk outside and it's 
bright. It'll go up again, yeah. Lo- you know, there's lots of lights everywhere. It'll go yeah, down again. It'll go out, to 2.4. Yeah. <laughs> so that's on both models, but for unlike yeah. the S8, the S9 Plus, uh, rather than just being larger, has got uh, two cameras. Yeah, so that's got the telephoto lens as well. For zoom? Yeah. Rather than, yeah. yeah um, if, as... you, if you feel like you need that. As someone that's willfully ignorant of of, uh, of Android phones, you said the S8 is near perfect. Yeah. Why? Why is that? It's just it's got like it's got everything in the form factor. It's thin, light. It looks nice, but all of the specs are top end. Like there's, so, there's not, there's basically not really anything it doesn't have. So kind of under that consistent pressure on phone makers to keep pushing out new stuff mm. are they kind of saying okay we've we've nailed it with the s8 so we're not going to really reinvent the wheel here yeah i reckon basically that's pretty accurate <laughs> um, um if you think about it like a, a variable aperture camera as your lead for like a global smartphone release is actually like quite abstract yeah, yeah. i mean that is niche isn't it yeah. yeah so i mean like chris kind of mentioned like it will just sell anyway it's the default android phone for most people um, yeah. in the western world anyway um, and it's most. I have conversations with people who say, "Do you have an Do you have an iPhone or a Samsung?" Like people yeah. think it's Android, so yeah. they don't really need to try. No, <laughs> yeah. no. Samsung is a hugely, hugely popular. That device. is really the big innovation in hardware because it doesn't have a fingerprint scanner in the screen, which is what I and a lot of people thought would be the standard this year. Yep. Because companies like Goodex who make these fingerprint scanners. We're showing them at MWC last year. So, like mm-hmm. this time last year, they were saying they would be in phones in 2017, and that didn't happen. And there has been a couple of phones announced by, you know, Vivo did one. Yeah, basically unknown brands. Unknown um, in the West. Yeah, <laughs> Vivo here, huge in China. Here, nobody knows of these companies, but they want obviously Samsung to be doing that, but they're not yet. So that's a bit of a disappointment. And then the other thing about the S9 is. Or the, like the big selling point is basically a copy of Apple's an emoji, which is called oh, yeah. AR emoji. And That's instead cool. of, um, you know, moving your mouth and it, and it being like an animal on screen, it's <clears throat> a, uh, an emoji of you. Yeah, and I mean this, <laughs> so what, like this a, actually so it looks like you. Yeah, an avatar. It looks so like you, a Wii thing, doesn't it? Yeah, or, or more like the Microsoft yeah. one actually. So you I take, mean, yeah, you take a photo of yourself. And it, oh, yeah. it's, it basically creates it based on that photo. Exactly. So I was going to say it doesn't have the same smarts as the uh, the actual face tracking in the notch in the iPhone. Mm. It just, like Chris says, take a photo of yourself, right? And then it, you can't animate it live. No, you, you can. You can? Yeah. Well, it, creates, it looks rubbish. It creates 18 <laughs> GIFs of, like, your face that you can then just share. And you don't need... But I mean, like, you know, with the animation yeah. when you actually, like, move it in real time, yeah, you it can, can do yeah. that. Oh, okay. You can record just like you do on the iPhone, but it's rubbish. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> the GIFs look, are quite cool, to terrifying. be honest. Because <laughs> then it just automatically adds them into the <clears> keyboard, <throat> so you can just use them in Facebook Messenger or wherever. doesn't mm-hmm. matter if they've got an S9. It's just a, a bit weird. It's just a normal GIF. If somebody was texting me and they used a GIF of the... You know, of themselves or yeah. an emoji of themselves, I, I just think... Why I'm sorry to say it, David, but you're not the target audience <laughs> yeah bit, bitmoji is pretty huge isn't it so it's kind of like that i don't yeah. know what that is it's, i'm 38 it's, years old it's the young um, people david <laughs> you make avatars of yourself and like on the, on, you on the internet in, in these millennials they're so self-obsessed yeah, they? these, they're self-obsessed millennials this is not a millennial liberals. thing this is younger than millennials yeah oh, what, what is there that's younger than millennials i don't know what are Fetuses. they gen gen something gen fetus <laughs> yeah the, the, the trashing <laughs> When you do want to like record a message to somebody as that emoji, um, 
the tracking is rubbish. It's just really glitchy, especially yeah. like the mouth. It just looks like you're having a fit, yeah. and it doesn't. You just won't. Want I think to the use mouth it. isn't very good on. Um, right. Uh, an emoji as well, but, it but more in just, the sense of being. It doesn't just like. It doesn't glitter. It doesn't no, it's, just, it's just flicker, relatively like, un- yeah. inexpressive. Looks good on the advert, though, doesn't it? it? Does look great on the advert. Yeah. It, Funny that. <laughs> it's still. I mean, it's still good. Yeah. Um, it generally, but the, I, I would say they focused on the sort of overall yeah. the eyebrows and stuff like that, the face. Um, yeah. But the mouth is not so good. So apart from nicking features off Apple and um, putting a new camera on it, have they done anything else? There's a purple colour. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, the does rim it, is now slightly different. Does the Wicked. purple colour have a funny name? Lilac, Lilac purple. <laughs> that's yeah. That's what would Apple call yeah. it? No, Apple Apple don't do funny names. But Courage purple. I, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> is it them that did the Mystic Champagne? Oh my Huawei, god! Oh, it? that's Huawei. Yeah. yeah, they did greenery as well. Greenery, and I got in trouble for mentioning greenery on the podcast. You, you, you had to cut it out because you said did it I? was um, under NDA. It was under a <laughs> greenery. Yeah. What an exciting world we have. The, the only other kind of like you know USP that they're they're pushing out with the marketing is the super slow motion. Um, it's mega, isn't it? Like it, 960, it can do nine hundred and sixty frames per second, which Sony could already Sony do, like do it, yeah. at least but Sony year, so many at phones, least a year so. ago. Um, but <laughs> it was very difficult to use on the Xperia phones because you'd hit record, but you can only do the nine hundred sixty frames per second for like really briefly. It, it can't just record that for like 30 mm. seconds so you have to choose when that happens and if you're trying to capture something that only happens very quickly timing when to hit that button was very difficult um so like when we when sony demoed it to us they had a guy on a skateboard covered in glitter doing a little kickflip so you try and capture the glitter going everywhere, but everybody nobody could hit it at the right time to actually get the right moment but samsung can just do it it's got ages. automatic um, recognition. So you, there's a box on the screen which you can move where you want. And then when it detects motion in that box, it kicks in automatically. It's great, and okay. you can do 20 uh, slow motion clips within a, one video, oh, cool. which is quite cool. There, um, The big thing with phones recently has been like AI, hasn't it? Like everyone picking yeah. up their AI. Have they but added it, anything funky? I... I the term AI in this yeah. case because yeah. every manufacturer is doing anything. it it's not yeah. artificial yeah. intelligence I just it's just a couple it. of smart it's like, phone, yeah. Yeah. it's like saying machine learning it doesn't it's yeah. just rubbish it's just software features basically <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. but no Samsung hasn't done that really. no. It's, no. Just, it's just like oh please use Bixby instead of Google Assistant oh yeah so which, the S9 has a, yeah. a a button which you can't remap which opens this yeah. Bixby Assistant. But it's not yeah. new. It's the same on the S8. Yeah. They've just made Bixby a little bit better with like uh, live translations on the camera. Um, but but that's, yeah, like, yeah. you can already do that with Google. So I think that, that particular new. button, I know it's, I'm getting into the weeds a little bit, but that's the least Apple thing Samsung's done for ages. Mm. Apple would never put a hardware button on its phone that you could yeah. switch on and off. Because you can, you can disable it. So it basically, if you walk around with an S8 and you don't want to be continuously accidentally opening the yeah. assistant, you just turn it off. It's just a useless button. It's yeah. very weird, but um shows that they're serious about integrating it into their platform. Cause I, would, I would actually say that is quite Apple. You reckon? Because it's very controlling. Because yeah. they're saying, we want you to use yeah. our presumably inferior voice assistant rather than not. Google Assistant. <laughs> yeah. So they've said, well, you've got this button. That's all you can use it for. Mm. That's yeah. really Apple. Because at first, <laughs> when the S8 came out with that button, <laughs> there was an app that you could download that let you remap it to do whatever you wanted. Yeah. And then like within a week, Samsung blocked it. Yeah. It's weird. Because <laughs> like, um, on the HTC uh, U11, 
it's a squeezable phone. But you can remap that to do whatever you want. So you yeah. could have it open Google Assistant, which is the default, but you could like do it to like open a new text or something. Um, and the Google Pixel, you can squeeze, but only to open Google Assistant. So yeah, it is, it is interesting adding uh, hardware features like that to drive people towards features they don't want to use. Uh, Galaxy or Fallacy? Galaxy. Yeah, you liked it? Yeah. Sweet. Scott? Uh, fallacy because <laughs> I'm never ever going to buy a Samsung phone crazy David it's, it's, I don't know I haven't tried it it sounds really good though I like, yeah, I like the does. sound of the super slow-mo yeah with the, you know, the trigger thing that sounds really clever uh, thank you we will be right back to uh, be grown-ups and talk about porn in an age where our youngest and most vulnerable citizens have access to the internet through their phones and laptops, there are little national regulations to block certain content. Uh, so, David, reminding us all that the web is still pretty wild west, the UK government is trying to introduce age checks to porn sites. But this has been delayed. Uh, why is that? Um, because they're not really sure how to do it, basically. Okay. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's been, a, it's, it's been on the um, agenda for a long time. The interesting thing about this is that it's it, it derives from a manifesto pledge before the 2015 general election, which is the one before last, I suppose. Um, is that right? When was the last election? Pre-snap. Pre-snap election, you mean? Yeah, pre-snap election, yeah. Um, so they, they had this thing about we were going to protect uh, children on the internet. The Tories um, love talking about this. It's, it's just... It, <laughs> the Tories it, don't understand the internet. They, well, they, they don't. don't understand technology and they love talking about protecting yeah. young people from... It's a, it's a free gift to them, yeah. for their base. Yeah. Their, their base are obsessed with that sort of thing. And it's so Theresa May. Yeah, absolutely. So this has been delayed in part because they were trying, and still are trying, to contract a private company to uh, regulate this, right? Well, um, I think that is part of it, but technically the delay is because the BBFC, uh, the British Board of Film Control, who have been brought in to do the um, the, well, the regulation side of it, right. and they were, they were only just confirmed in that role in sort of February, even though it's been touted for months and months. They still need time to do a consultation. But yeah, I, I think part of the consultation will be who is the right person to get in to do the age verification software. And that is a that is that is the sort of the heart of the issue. That's the can of worms. Is are we going to give one private company all of this information about British citizens' um, most intimate browsing details, and then have that in one place where it can be hacked? Yeah, that is the honeypot of all honeypots. It really it? is. Yeah. It's the it's it's Ashley Madison cubed. You know, it, yeah. it's it, it would be devastating, and given the government's. Uh, record on IT projects, it's it's not <laughs> so bad. It's not uh, reassuring. Um, so, so what? How? How? Well, I know this is actually possibly an impossible question to answer because they haven't selected the the person, the company to do it yet. But what's the there idea? Is, there is a front runner. So, so the front runner is MindGeek, which also <laughs> happens to own uh, Uporn, Pornhub, and Redshift. Oh, does it? Yeah. <laughs> so um, it, wow. I find so it's, it, I find it, yeah. So actually, it's completely not That's a bit disconcerting. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, the fact that, yes, in fact, all the free porn sites on the web are actually basically owned by the same company to yeah. give you the illusion of sexy choice. Um, <laughs> there is nothing sexier than choice. That <laughs> <laughs> turns me on. But, um, yeah, the fact that they would then be considered by our government a front-runner to age-check... Um, uh, yeah, because I don't. How would it work technologically? Because yeah, that's why I want. Usually, know. it's at service provider level, right? So, like mobile providers and internet providers can either block certain content or age verify you as a service provider. Because I thought they that, were gonna they were gonna get the USPs 
yeah. ISPs. ISPs. No, that that will still be there as a safety net beyond this. But mm-hmm. the, the whole principle of it, and you presumably they're trying to do this to avoid the costs being put onto the the, the public services, is that the the sites do it themselves. It's the onus is on them yeah. to provide age verification, which is why Pornhub or Pornhub's parent company are doing this is because they need to do it themselves and they are now presumably going to outsource it to other smaller mom and pop porn yeah. sites so then, but uh, then, who don't uh, have that technology. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Good hearty family owned <laughs> porn sites. <laughs> what uh, would you imagine you'd have to probably provide a document, right? Because um, it's not well, yeah. one of those things we'd be like, yeah, I'm 16. Or yeah, whatever. I assume it's going to be a little give... bit better than like booze websites where they just ask you what your yeah, age is. Yeah, I'm 18. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to like give driver's license or, you know, passport number. Details, yeah. Yeah. Presumably there will be a universal account that you'll have an account that you can then log in with and you say yes it's me i, I have verified this somewhere else uh, it's now been established that is me and now here's me now logging in like like the iplayer is it too much to in. ask for the government considering this is their idea to find a way to basically automate this because they all know how old you are because they be, have your be like id records. cards all over i don't again. think they i don't think they should have the information either mm. I, I think this is a fundamental the government know how old everyone is though yeah, but they don't yes. know what porn you watch though <laughs> No, but they can age verify you in theory. Right, yeah. No, but if, if you have to then type in... I don't see how you're seeing this in a way in which they can verify your age, but then somehow not get the information about the kind of pornography you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And that, I, in fact, I would rather Pornhub knows what porn I'm looking at than the government. Yeah. Because, you know... Because it can give Pornhub you recommended already videos. probably knows. <laughs> and also they can, yeah, absolutely, they can tailor their, their uh, selection. Um <laughs> But I think it's, it's it's a fundamental problem that they don't respect privacy and they don't they don't need to respect privacy because the people they're aiming this at are the home counties people who are you know getting into a lather over the Daily yeah, Mail saying clutching. you've got to, got to protect the children and they don't assume it will affect them. They think that um, well I would you know I would never do that, um, but they don't realise that the exact same technologies could then be used to. Apply to all sorts of other things when the definition of what is obscene is expanded, yeah. which is a hugely political thing. Didn't think I'd say this, but in fairness to the government, <laughs> what is the alternative to the current problem of children looking at porn and learning about sex in the completely wrong way? It's difficult, uh, and it is a problem, um, and it, it you know it's been it's been proven in study after study that that kids looking at pornography, and you know even if sixteen year olds, fifteen, sixteen year olds looking at pornography, it warps and shapes their view of sex into yep. adulthood and it's a very serious thing but this particular solution isn't i think the right one um it's just a thing it's just a matter of like modern scale though isn't it because back in the day you would you, there would be porn mags being passed around at school or vhs's so it's it's not a new problem it's just the problem that it's true. that it's available in their pocket it is yeah it, it is a, it's a easier difference access, in, it is a difference easier. in the scope yeah, yeah. The, um, because scale, isn't it? when you when you yeah. move up to 10 and i'm you know trying not to deal with this in any more sort of um flippant way than i than i should um is that when you go into technological solutions to it then it becomes much more tailored and it becomes much more niche and it becomes much more extreme yeah um, and the things that you would see in a, a magazine, because it would be intended to be um, enjoyed by a large yep. population, they, it would be quite bland. Yeah, you know, which is yeah. a weird way of looking at it. Yeah, but compared then, to what they have now, it would have been pretty, pretty vanilla, pretty yeah. mainstream. And because before, of course, I mean, it was just society just deemed that you, you couldn't get hold of it either. Because right, you walk yeah. you, a child walks into like a VHS porn store, they're not going to sell you anything, are they? Yeah. Whereas now, there's not even a, a cost 
it's just everything's free. Yeah, which is and actually the 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 pay for side of it is is relevant here actually because there is there is still believe it or not such a thing as paid for pornography that is still making money. May, actually, mainly because having listened to that podcast, he suggested the John Ronson one. It's very good. Um, is that Pornhub's model is largely built around directing people from its free porn to the paid for porn that it also owns. Yeah. Um, but the credit card companies will also be expected to um, to punish companies that don't do the age verification correctly. So the idea is that you have to do the age verification yourself, but if you don't do it properly, then ISPs will be required to then do the uh, the blocking, and also credit card companies won't process your payments, so you won't be able to make money. But as you said, a lot of them are free anyway. I'll mm-hmm. tell you what they shouldn't use, that Microsoft go. thing that just you uh, switch your webcam on and it tells you how old you are. I've not heard about this. It was like a craze for like a week. Everybody was trying it. Yeah, it don't, a, don't use that. Was it, it, not, it, was just it not accurate? A, no. How old did it think you were? I can't remember. Older, but it was it was just it was just wildly inaccurate. I either I said think, I think younger. I either said you were like eighty or it said you were like nine. <laughs> that could be a problem. Yeah. Do you all remember what uh, the last service you had to age verify yourself for? Because you mentioned BBC iPlayer. Uh, the last thing I had to age verify myself for was an app called Borrow My Doggy. Oh, yeah. Which uh, I've yet to borrow a dog. But um, weird, well, not weird, but obviously I don't really mind if it got hacked and um, everyone found out which Labrador I borrowed. But um, <laughs> I had to get how K- were they doing that? I had to get KYC verified when I signed up for Monzo for a new yeah. bank account. Mm. And they do a little, like, you do a little selfie video. Yeah, and you take a picture of your... Um, like driver's license, and yep. then I think they use third party. There's a pretty successful British company called Onfido, which are really good at cable, like know your customer mm-hmm. software that they just um, license out to third parties like Monzo. I don't actually know if Monzo use them specifically, but it's that kind of service, um, it, which is why it surprises me that someone like that isn't being sort yeah, of contracted. Yeah, surely. But it's, it's just that the stakes are so much higher. There's loads of verification technologies out there. Like the, like the student verification is a huge, huge mm-hmm. market, but nobody really cares if their information is leaked. But porn is it's almost a unique case in that the data is so uh, inflammatory, uh, so dangerous. Why don't it's just not... Wrong. Store the data. What? Why don't they just not save the data once you're age verified? That they don't. You don't need to then um, store all the browsing habits after that. Yeah, couldn't it be like what Apple do, where you know, if you know, if they wanted to unlock and read all your messages, they actually can't. Like the company actually can't do that. Yeah, end-to-end encryption. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But I suspect it's because of the Theresa May factor that they want to keep all the yeah, data. No, that's, oh, yeah, that true, is the problem, yeah, yeah. is that yeah, they they want, they want that information and then they're kind of backdooring it through... So to speak. Um, the part of the... Um, <laughs> you couldn't help yourself, could you? I, I so couldn't, well done. I couldn't help myself. Um, and the, yeah, because well, part of it is is that the particular kind of pornography you look at is also relevant to this to this act. It's an act, isn't it? A bill yeah. until it's passed. Um, in that certain kinds of pornography have now been essentially outlawed by the same bill. It's a really weird bill as well, um, in that it covers things like workers' rights at Uber and uh, libraries doing e-books and stuff, and they put them all in the same bill with um, porn and stuff like that, which I think is quite indicative of how the government views technology. Well, they're probably just trying to bury it. Stick it it all in the same basket. Yeah, they still view technology as this sort of, you know, ancillary thing that exists, whereas really it controls everything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Twitter, just to stick with the end. Yeah, I saw this today. uh, yeah, 
uh, is probably going to be immune to this. It, you know, they've said we don't think we'll be able to apply this uh, uh, process to Twitter that they're too big. Yeah, uh, they don't have any age verification on um, uh, stuff you post. You know, they view it as sensitive, but you can. You can but they, but like they don't anymore. allow sexually explicit imagery on Twitter anyway. I know stuff gets through, but yeah, it's it's not in principle. Be... They don't, but yeah. they basically have no filter, do they? No. So. So it's another example of the big giants being too big to uh, to regulate. Yeah. Anyway, it'll be fine. <laughs> it's always fine, isn't it? It's always fine. <laughs> it'll be okay. Uh, porn or scorn? <coughs> always porn. Okay. Definitely. I don't know which one's the good one. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hopefully, this gets introduced and uh, and it's and it will never can't, can't people just talk to their children? Yeah. Can't we just have? Education at school and parents talking to their children and, and saying to them, you know, before you develop a warped sense of your yeah. sexuality, let's have an actual conversation about it and maybe I'll look at what you're looking on the internet. Yeah. Because we're British. Scorn. Scorn. <laughs> Thanks for listening and thank you, David, for only making one joke yeah. in that well segment. Good work. Proud of myself. Uh, thanks, everyone. That's your 40 minutes for this week. Hopefully, we'll be back next week to talk about tech. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.